Hey listeners, we have a very rare opening for an associate sound designer mixer here at DeFacto Sound. That's my sound design studio and the studio behind 20,000 Hertz. To learn more, visit jobs.defactosound.com. This application window closes on May 22nd. Now, onto the show. Before we get started, this episode is actually the second episode of a two-part series on the legendary voice actor Mel Blanc. If you haven't heard the first episode, I'd recommend queuing that up and making this a nice double feature. Here's part two. Wabbit season! Duck season! Wabbit season! Duck season! You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. Wabbit season! I say it's duck season, and I say fire! Mel Blanc is widely regarded as the most prolific voice actor of all time. He was a key figure during both the golden age of radio and the golden age of animation. He's most famous for voicing nearly every character in the Looney Tunes, and a bunch more over at Hanna-Barbera. Every voice you're about to hear is from Mel. Eh, what's up, Jack? You are a rabbit, and I am going to eat you for supper. Boy, acres and acres of Tweety Bird, and it's mine, all mine! I thought I caught a itty-bitty pooty cat! Buster, it may come as a complete surprise to you to find that this... It's an animated cartoon. What's going on? I say, what's going on here? <laughs> Get out of here, rabbit! Where's the kaboom? Kaboom! Altogether, Mel Blanc created over 400 distinct voices. As far as we know, no single person has been able to come close to recreating all the voices Mel did. He had the genes, the talent, and the work ethic to completely transform the way animation sounded. Over time, the entire industry seemed to rest on Mel's shoulders. So when Mel was in a really bad car accident, a lot of people were justifiably worried, not only for Mel, but for their own livelihoods. After the accident, Mel fell into a coma. And as the days passed, Warner Brothers even went as far as to consider other actors to replace Mel. But the actor who was offered Bugs Bunny refused, hanging on to hope that Mel would get better. They tried to bring him out of the coma was very, very difficult because he didn't respond. That's Mel's son, Noel Blank. Noel and his mother sat with Mel in the hospital for days on end. The accident had left Mel in a coma and a full body cast. The doctor came in about on the 13th or 14th day, and he said, Mel, can you hear me? No response. Mel, no response. I'd say, Dad, can you hear me? No. And he looked up and saw the television screen. It was Looney Tunes on the screen, and hearing Mel's characters gave the brain surgeon an idea. And he finally says, Bugs, can you hear me? Bugs Bunny, can you hear me? And my dad went, Yeah, what's up, Doc? Yeah. It was nothing short of a miracle. Bugs Bunny had brought Mel Blank out of a coma. By this point, Mel had been performing some of the Looney Tunes for more than 20 years. That rascally rabbit was such a part of Mel's brain that the character brought him back from the brink. So the doc got an idea and he said, Porky Pig, can you hear me? He said, I can hear hear you. He went down the list of characters and my dad came out of the coma at that time. It was so amazing to watch this happen. My mom couldn't believe it, she started crying. He came out of the coma and he says, where am I? 
She says, look down, you're in a full body cast. Despite a near-fatal injury, including a triple skull fracture, broken legs, and a broken pelvis, Mel got right back to work. He understood that tons of people were counting on him, both for their jobs and for their entertainment. His first job during the recovery was Barney Rubble in the Flintstones. Here's a clip from that show. Keep in mind that Mel was literally in bed recovering while he recorded this. I don't know, but since he's in oil, he could slide away easy. (laughs) During the 65 Flintstones that we did, he was in a full body cast, not able to sit up, of course. The microphones were extended over his bed. We'd built a studio on the other side of the house. Joe Barbera and myself would sit in the studio. I'd run the tape recorders and... The guys from his studio would come by, set it up. They put all the cables underneath the house, ran five microphones next to his bed, and the cast would gather around the bed, and he would be Barney in the bed. Oh, boy, what a setup, friend. (laughs) Even while recovering from an accident, Mel kept busy, and that busy lifestyle didn't stop when he was away from work. He never spent an afternoon not signing pictures for kids that came to the door, and then their kids, and then their grandkids, over the 40-year period. They'd get 2,000 people there on Halloween because they knew where he lived, and the kids would come in little buses. You'd open the door and give them each a little candy bar, do the voices for them. Mel was also a mentor to people who wanted to make it in animation. He even helped one kid achieve his voice acting dreams. Here's Bob Bergen. My thought was, if you want to be a brain surgeon, call a brain surgeon. If you want to be a baseball player, call a baseball player. I want to be a Looney Tune, I'm going to call a Looney Tune. Nowadays, Bob is well-known in Hollywood as a first-call voice actor. You've most certainly heard his voice, but might not know exactly from where. Want some gold? I'm not giving it to anybody else. Table for two. Come here, kid. Don't let them do to you what they've done to me. Luke Skywalker reporting for duty. There is no one way to make a clone. I told I told. I did. I did train Michael Dorton. Prepare yourself for what's about to happen. If you can, Bates Motel. But before the success, Bob was just a kid with a dream of becoming a voice actor. And there was one particular role he wanted more than any other. I actually just wanted to be Porky Pig. That was my goal since I was a five-year-old child. I didn't know there was a business called voiceover. I didn't know it was acting. I had no idea how the industry worked. I just was a five-year-old kid who said, I want to be Porky Pig. I just found his personality and the comedy. You know, when Porky is stuttering and then he takes a left turn with a whole different word. Let's get hatched. Bob has been practicing Porky Pig for as long as he can remember. I was just an obnoxious kid who'd be in grammar school and a teacher would ask me a question and I'd answer like Porky Pig. I had Porky's stutter down by the time I was six. I knew exactly how to stutter and I knew the comedy behind the stutter. We'd moved to LA when I was 14 and I just thought, I want to be Porky Pig. How do I become Porky Pig? Well, I'll just call the guy doing Porky Pig and say, look, I just arrived. I'm sure you're looking for some way to retire, and I'd be more than happy to accommodate. Bob's dad got him a stack of Los Angeles phone books. Then, Bob called every M blank he could find, but with no luck. And then I thought, well, maybe it's under his wife's name. So I started all over. I knew his wife's name was Estelle. 
And I found E. Blank in the Pacific Palisades. That was his house. And I got him on the phone. And you're not going to believe this, but Bob taped his original conversation with Mel. Hello? Is Mr. Blank there? One moment, please. Hello? Mr. Blank? Yes. My name is Bob, and I'm interested in doing voices for cartoons. Yes. And uh, I was wondering if you'd give me any advice on how to go about it and all. Tell me, have you uh, created any voices or do you just uh, do impressions or impersonations? Well, um, I, I've got one voice. It's hard to understand. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. In the first place, every voice must be understandable to be in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Mel chatted with Bob for a few more minutes, talking about creating characters and finding agents. But Bob still wanted more. He mentioned the name of the studio he was working at that week. So when I finished talking to him, I called the studio and I pretended to be his assistant. And I said, hi, I'm Mel Blank's assistant and I'm calling to confirm his appointment this week. We've got him down for Thursday at 9. And the receptionist goes, we have him down for Wednesday at 11. I went, oh, you're right. I'm looking at the wrong day in the calendar. Sorry about that. Bob was determined to learn by watching Mel work. So I said to my mom, I'm skipping school on Wednesday, and we're going to go watch Mel Blank work at this studio. And my mom said, cool. So when we got to the studio that Wednesday, I told the receptionist that we were invited to come watch. We were guests of Mel Blank. And she showed me what booth he was in. And when we walked into his booth, I said to his producer, we're very good friends of the receptionist. And she said we could watch. And the producer said, sure, have a seat. I got to watch him work. After talking to Mel and watching him work, Bob doubled down on his dream of becoming Porky Pig. Even as a kid, he was recording himself practicing the voice. That's all, folks. Gosh. That's all, folks. That's all. Mel Blank loved talking to kids like Bob. In fact, he would visit children's hospitals as often as he could. He did about 185 different college speeches during his lifetime, but he never went into any one of those towns that he didn't go to the children's hospital first. By all accounts, Mel spent hours at these hospitals, giving sick kids a few moments of happiness. Most people had no idea Mel even made these trips. Publicity wasn't the point. Mel did it because he loved making people happy. I just love it. I love my work, which I think everybody should love before they do, before they go to work. They should love what they're going to do or don't take the job. And I, I love my work, and uh, this has worked out beautifully for me. Mel Blank worked well past retirement. Even with the flu, an 81-year-old Mel Blank made TV with his son. He was still voicing characters he created more than 50 years before. We had done a television commercial for Oldsmobile, it's not your father's Oldsmobile, it was called. And he and I were in the Oldsmobile with the characters, Bugs, Daffy, and all the characters. We did the entire commercial that day. It took us about eight hours. And uh, he had just gotten over the flu. And uh, I said, well, why don't you go see the doctor and he can clear out your lungs for you. When Mel got to the hospital, the doctors gave him the option to stay overnight. He thought this was a good idea, so he took it. He had fallen out of bed 
and broken his femur, got fat emboli into the brain, and he then went into uh, a sleep and coma and, and passed away. Just like that, after more than a 60-year career, Mel Blanc was gone. He had another few years to go, that was for sure, and then passed away because of this accident. So he never retired. He worked, actually, that whole day before he went into the hospital and broke his leg. When Mel Blanc died, the world lost an incredible talent. Even more devastating was the loss of a great human being, a generous, kind person who loved to make people laugh. His voice would never be in another cartoon. It was a sudden end to an amazing life that touched generations of people all over the world. But it wasn't the end for Bugs, Daffy, and the rest. What does it take to replace a legend? We'll find out after the break. The hardest part of starting a business is coming up with a great idea. For every air fryer, video doorbell, or smart speaker that's sold in huge numbers, there are thousands of others that never made it. So that's the hard part. Now, here's the easy part. Selling online with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You don't need to know how to code or understand anything about design. And you definitely don't need a degree in accountancy. Just choose the template you like, upload some descriptions and images, and you're ready to start selling. You're probably already using Shopify and don't even realize it. That's because according to their own data, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., Huge companies like Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen use Shopify, along with millions of other entrepreneurs from 175 countries around the world. Here's how you can get started. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash 20k, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash 20k now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash 20k. Here's this episode's mystery sound. And again. If you know the name of the thing that makes that sound, tell us at the web address mystery.20k.org. If you get it right, you'll be entered to win one of our super soft 20,000 Hertz t-shirts. Stick around to the end of the show to hear the reveal of last episode's mystery sound. Hey, I have a few announcements. So we're now starting production on our fall 2020 season, and we're looking for amazing writers, producers, illustrators, and sponsors. So if you think you could write a great 20,000 Hertz episode, or want to illustrate a show, or want to sponsor the show, drop us a note at hi at 20k.org. And be sure to include your website or links to your best work. I could also use your help on show ideas. If you see a great sound story in a publication, or on Twitter, or on Reddit, or wherever, you can always tag our social media accounts in the response. Or you can send a quick note to hi at 20k.org. Even if another podcast does an amazing story on a sound topic, I want to listen to it. So let me know. Heck, even if you think you have a great personal sound story that I need to hear, be sure to reach out. Okay, so to recap, we're looking for writers, producers, illustrators, sponsors, and great sound stories. You can get in touch at hi at 20k.org. Oh, and while you're here, here's a reminder that 20,000 Hertz has been nominated for two Webby Awards. Remember to vote at vote.20k.org and voteagain.20k.org. You can also tap the links in the show description. It only takes a minute. Thanks.
NetSuite has simple solutions for complicated business problems. For example, let's say you open a bakery. Before long, your hotcakes are selling like, well, hotcakes. But you keep running out of ingredients. No problem, because not only can NetSuite automate your purchasing so you're never out of stock, but it can also check that your staff have the right training to make those hotcakes to perfection. NetSuite can even handle online orders so your hotcakes can really take off. Having one system handling all of this saves both time and money. And if there's two things we all want more of, it's time and money. Okay, so three things if you include hotcakes. That's probably why more than 37,000 businesses have already signed up for NetSuite by Oracle. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash 20k now to take advantage of this offer. That's netsuite.com slash 20k. netsuite.com slash 20k. For more than 50 years, Mel Blanc was the voice behind hundreds of animated characters. He created the voices for Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and so many others. Even before he passed away, Mel knew that he had to find someone to fill his shoes. He thought that I was going to take over all those voices. I says, no, nobody can take your voices because they're not built like you. You've got this huge chest, these incredible vocal cords, this great ear, perfect pitch, eight octave range. Nobody's going to take over for you. It's going to take really a lot of people to take over for you. Noel was right. After Mel passed away, Warner Brothers scrambled to find actors who could cover his roles. Noel was able to do some of his dad's voices, like the Tasmanian Devil. Yes, bunny yummy. <laughs> but other actors came in to help, like Bob Bergen. I've done Tweety, the little bunny who hates that big old putty tat. I did Marvin the Martian in Space Jam. I've done Sylvester Jr. Oh, father, look at the giant mouth. Go get him, Pop. Bob's taken on a few of Mel's characters, but none are as important to Bob as Porky Pig, the character who first got him interested in voice acting. I was a working actor. I was a working voiceover actor doing a whole bunch of cartoons when Mel Blanc passed away, and I had a good agent who was able to get me into a dozen or so auditions and callbacks before I booked my first uh, Porky Pig gig. The first thing I ever did was Tiny Toon Adventures. I'm in the ML class for our key, key, key cartoon prop lesson. Open to page 23 of your whoopee cushion instruction manual. But filling in for a legend isn't easy. It was a little daunting because I would say the first year that we would do any Looney Tunes project, they had like a 12-minute reference tape of Mel. But it was some cartoons from the 30s, some cartoons from the 40s, some cartoons from the 50s, some cartoons from the 60s. And I would say to them, well, which one do you want? And they're like, well, they're all porky. I'm like, yeah, they're all porky. But the character evolved. Earlier, the stutter was different. Later, he was older. His energy was not as good, and you could hear the smoking in the voice. Good evening. You know who I am. The master of mystery and suspense. Oh, you know. Who done it? The era where I think Mel Blanc kind of nailed it, my sweet spot for Porky is about 1952 to 1956, 57. I think that's the era where Mel Blanc really just nailed the character. Uh, we, uh, well, it's very simple, sir. If we follow uh, the, uh, those planets, we can't very well miss Planet X. We did a series uh, about 10 years ago called 
The Looney Tunes Show. And it was kind of like a sitcom. And the producers wanted the delivery to be a very specific golly gee way. Bugs, as your friend, I think buying Girardi's is a, a, a great idea. But if nobody says, here's what we want, I go to my sweet spot, which is early to mid-50s, Mel Blanc. I know you're all set, your hero ship, sir. The earlier, earlier sessions were just a committee. A lot of people I had to please, you know, presidents and vice presidents and executives. And it was a little scary. It's been quite some time where they kind of trust me. But I will tell you, I've had to re-audition for him six times. To be fair, re-auditioning doesn't bother Bob. He's confident in his Porky Pig, and he understands what it means to carry on Mel's legacy. Now, Bob's been Porky Pig for 30 years, but Mel did it for more than 50. Animation brings in more box office than live action. His legacy is the industry as a whole. If you think of classic Hollywood personalities and characters, you're going to think Charlie Chaplin, James Stewart, Humphrey Bogart, and Bugs Bunny. I mean, I think Bugs Bunny fits in to the world of classic Hollywood as any live-action actor would. Mel Blanc is among the greatest actors to ever grace the screen. His talent is a big part of what made him so unique. You could watch Mel do the voices and actually transmogrify into those characters. We could turn off the sound inside the booth. So it was totally silent. And I could watch him go through the different characters and you could see him becoming the different characters. It was pretty amazing. He actually looked like Yosemite Sam when he did Yosemite Sam. A rabbit? <laughs> A rabbit. It looked like Tweety. He was little teeny Tweety. Foghorn Leghorn, he was the big rooster. Now who's responsible, I say, who's responsible for this unwarranted attack on my person? Mel's legacy is enormous. It was his voice that took cartoons into the mainstream. Besides 60 years of product, he basically put this industry on the map. When he was doing voices for cartoons, these were just something to put in front of a movie. Today, every major studio has a thriving animation department. The culture became embedded with these incredible cartoon characters, and cartoon movies are still the biggest thing out there right now. Melvin Jerome Blank passed away at the age of 81, but in many ways, his kind soul and personality live on through his characters. His final resting place is at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, just a few blocks from his and Bugs Bunny's star on the Walk of Fame. It was Mel himself who wrote what's inscribed on his tombstone, which says, that's all, folks. Mel Blank, man of a thousand voices. If I saw a person smile, that to me was payment itself. And then, uh, uh, if I could make them laugh when they had been very sad, it, it was great payment to me. Thousand Hertz is produced out of the studios of DeFacto Sound, a sound design team dedicated to making television, film, and games sound incredible. Find out more at defactosound.com. This episode was written and produced by James Intracasso and me, Dallas Taylor, with help from Sam Sneebly. It was sound designed and mixed by Soren Bejan. 
and Colin DeVarney. Thanks to Noel Blank for sharing stories of his dad. Thanks also to Bob Bergen. You can listen to more of the recorded phone conversation between Mel and Bob at bobbergen.com. Many of the clips of Mel came from an amazing documentary called Mel Blank, The Man of a Thousand Voices. You can check that out, plus a fun video of Mel's vocal cords flexing as he does his Looney Tunes voices at 20k.org. Thanks for listening. That's right.